When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience the life-giving teaching of Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center. To find out more about Dr. Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And no matter what, remember, love God, love people, and love life. Y'all ready to go into the Word tonight? I am looking forward to it. Lift your Bibles high and let's make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living Word of God. It gives me abundant life. Hallelujah. Remain standing. Go to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. Say, we are are harvest. Acts chapter 26. And I want you to get there to verse number one. Uh, Somebody say, this word word is for me. me. Uh, Acts Acts, uh, Acts 26, verse number one. When you have it, say, I got it, Bishop. If you're still flipping, say, hold on, Bishop. Uh, That's all right. I'll wait on you. Five, four. <laughs> All right. A- Acts 26, verse 1. You got it? Then Agrippa said to Paul, you are permitted to speak for yourself. Now, look at me real quick, Arvis. I'm going to make this make sense to you in just a moment because you're like, who's Agrippa? Why is the Apostle Paul talking to him? Now, if you don't know who the Apostle Paul is... He wrote uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of two-thirds of what we call our New Testament. And, uh, and so now Paul is standing in front of this man named Agrippa. I'm going to tell you who he is in a minute. And Agrippa says to him, Paul, you're in front of me. You're now permitted to speak for yourself. So we're in verse 1. So Paul stretched out his hand, and he answered for himself. Look, look at name and say, sometimes you have to answer for yourself. Mm-hmm. Verse 2, look what he says. Look what he says. Matter of fact, you say it with me. I think myself happy. Stop. Now, now in just a moment, you're going to understand why that's such a significant statement. Because Paul had been through hell. I mean, he makes your hell look like a day at the water park. Y'all, y'all understand? You ever listen to somebody tell a hell story and you're like, that ain't nothing. Uh, you, now, once we listen to Paul's hell story, you're going to be like, good God Almighty. Now, how did he deal with all of that and still get up to praise God? How did he go through all that and not to what? So he's been through a lot. Now, we're going to go through what he's been through in a minute. Tell your neighbor, say, he's been through a lot. Tell him, say, a whole lot. But look at his response. He's in front of the king answering for himself. And his first words out of his mouth are, I think myself happy. He didn't complain. He didn't say, well, it's not been fair. He didn't say, they lying on me, king. He didn't say any of that. You know what he said? He said, I think myself. Okay. 
evidently here the meat doesn't make its own gravy. Somebody shout, I think myself happy. Which means I'm not waiting on you to give me permission to be happy. I'm not waiting on you to smile back at me before I decide to be happy. Matter of fact, I don't really care what it is you got to say about my happy. I'm going to think myself happy. Have have somebody say, I think myself happy. Look at this. I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because today, somebody say today, I shall answer for myself before you concerning all the things of which I am accused by the Jews. Father, we are harvesting today as we move in this dynamic and series of teachings we've been in. Father, I pray that you would customize, tailor make this word for us, your people. That we would move and walk in those great things that you have ordained, Father. We think ourselves happy. So it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter what has happened up to this point in the lives of the people who are under the sound of my voice. I declare that today is a day where they choose how they feel. I said today is the day where they choose how they feel. And even if they don't have good things going on, they can think themselves happy. And so today, Father, we choose how we feel. And we thank you that it is so. In Jesus' name, somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I find two or three of you, uh, people around you on your way down say, I think myself happy. Think. You may see it. Uh, last week, we talked about YOLO. Say YOLO. Uh, and how we redeemed something that was designed to be negative in our culture and uh, about what we could do to make the vapor that we are living mean something great. YOLO typically has in pop culture a negative connotation and we took it and we flipped it. See, what I love about God is he can take a negative and he can flip that thing and turn it into something positive. Touch your neighbor and say, he'll flip it. He'll uh, he'll take your mess up and he'll turn it into a message. He'll take your test and turn it into a testimony. Any witnesses in here? He'll, he'll take your pitfall and turn it into the thing that makes you rise to the top. He's just God like that. He flipped it. So we flipped it and said YOLO now uh, referred to uh, uh, how we can maximize the vapor that the scripture says our lives are like a vapor and make our lives mean something great. Now, now watch this. The apostle Paul, say Paul. He wrote 14 of the New Testament letters or these epistles, and he wrote them to various spiritual sons and churches and leaders. And much of Paul's life is laid out in the book of Acts, which are literally the acts of the apostles, the things the apostles did after the death and resurrection of Jesus and his subsequent instructions to them. Listen, Paul said he was of the stock of Israel, meaning he was a Hebrew. Say he was a Hebrew. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Pharisee. Now, this was very interesting because Paul uh, starts out by telling you that he was, at the beginning of his walk, at the beginning of his mature stages in life, he was a separatist because the word Pharisee means separatist. It's interesting that Paul started out as a separatist because as Paul began to move through his ministry, he really began to, uh, to be a person that was very inclusive of many different types of people. Paul started out saying, well, this one ain't right, this one ain't right, I don't like this, I don't like this I don't like this but after he went through some hell it's amazing because Paul didn't judge people the way he used to judge can I pause for the cause and just let you know sometimes some of the hell you go through is because God says you're too judgmental and so the reason some of the hell you got to go through sometimes is so that you stop pointing at people and looking down at people and you can have compassion for people because it's easy to say what you would and wouldn't do but you've not been in their shoes I wish I 
So now watch this, watch this. Paul, uh, he, he was a separatist. He was a Pharisee. And, and watch this. Paul was from the Mediterranean city of Tarsus, which is in present-day south-central Turkey. And although he was born in Tarsus, he was raised in Jerusalem, uh, which literally means in Hebrew, Yerushalam. It means the city of peace. Watch this. And he was raised at the feet of a rabbi and a teacher called Gamaliel. You still with me? Now, now check this out. He, he's born in where? Tarsus. Raised in Jerusalem. Okay, y'all with me? Okay, he, he, was, he, was, he was born in L.A. <laughs> you know, raised in Denver. You, you know, born in Memphis. Okay, you know, you got he, He's born somewhere, raised somewhere else. So you t touch your neighbor and say, stay with the bishop, stay with the now watch this. Uh, you've heard me say this many times. In the Hebrew culture, all of the Hebrew boys, they didn't want to grow up and be a basketball player. I don't presume that they had that sport at the time. Anyhow, they didn't want to do those things. Uh, as young Hebrew boys, they all wanted to be rabbis. They all wanted to be the men of God. And so the big goal was, is I needed to sit at the feet of a man of God because their goal in life was to replicate being a man of God. Matter of fact, if you were to go over to Israel today, you would see that there are Orthodox Jews today where there may be a leader, the rabbi, the teacher, but he's got a following of young men around them because he was building something in the culture because they understood that spirituality could not be something that was relegated to a couple of days a week. That spirituality had to be embedded in the culture. And so the way they were able to raise up strong men is because they wanted to be men of God, not just a man that knew God. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? So now watch this. He's raised at the feet of this rabbi called Gamaliel, whose name literally means prince, or he was a rabban, not just a rabbi. Now, what's the significance? R-A-B-B-A-N, note takers. It means he was a master rabbi, which means he was not just any ordinary chip off the block. He wasn't some Johnny-come-lately guy. He was a guy that knew what he was talking about and a guy that knew that he was what he was doing. This is the guy that Paul was mentored under and that Paul was spiritually fathered by. You still with me? Can I tell you more about Paul? Now, Paul persecuted Christians, y'all, and he even confesses to cooperating in the killing of a leader in the church named Stephen. So he's a persecuting, uh, a persecuting a murderer. But, but what I love about Jesus is it doesn't matter how you start. That when he gets involved, Jesus can rewrite the story. Any, anybody in here where God's rewritten your story? He rewrote Paul's story just like he's rewriting your story. And somebody watching me on the Roku, he's rewriting your story. Paul started out as a murdering, persecuting, judgmental. But all of a sudden, he has an experience with Jesus that changes everything. I wish you just high-five somebody next to you and tell them, say, God's rewriting my story. He's re Rewriting my but baby, don't judge me by the first few chapters of my life because Jesus is stepping in and he's getting ready to rewrite it. I wish I had a church that would holler. He's rewriting it. Now watch this. Paul becomes a Christian on the road to Damascus where he has an experience with Jesus and he's now called to become what he once persecuted. It's interesting because you got to be careful what you say you'll never do because oftentimes never is a very cruel teacher because she makes you become what you said you never would be. Some of y'all sitting up in church today, you used to talk about church folk, and look at you sitting up in here today. You used to talk about Christians, and look at you giving your tithes and your offerings and praying today. Paul used to persecute Christians, and now he's the very thing he used to persecute. Are you still with me? So now here we are to the book of Acts. So Dr. Luke, Dr. Luke, he was a Gentile physician. 
He was the author of Acts. He lays out the Apostle Paul's ministry into three major ministry trips to plant new churches, preach the gospel, and raise up leaders by giving direction and correction. And so we are in the book of Acts now. Y'all with me? Okay, so 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 I, I want to see. I want you to see how we get to this place called we think ourselves happy. Say, I think happy. Myself, myself happy. All right, so Paul now, you got his background. So now you know all of what he, 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 he did up to becoming a Christian. Now you're ready to get to the nitty-gritty. All right, so let me give you the first thing. Say, I think, I think myself, myself happy. happy. Here's the first thing you need to know about your journey in life. Getting to may require going through. God, I don't have no help in here tonight. That's all right. <laughs> Play some amen tracks for me or something. Getting to may require going through. Say that with me. Uh, watch this. In those three trips, uh, those three major missionary trips that are outlined in the book of Acts by Dr. Luke, uh, Paul is lied on, he's betrayed, he's beaten, he's imprisoned. But watch this. He performs miracles, he heals people, he casts out demons, he organizes relief efforts for the poor. And after all of that, he becomes involved in a conflict with some Jews, which eventually lead to his arrest and his imprisonment. That's a lot to go through in three trips. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Listen, you, 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 ever, you ever heard somebody else's story and got overwhelmed at how they even made it through their own stuff? Because you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what in the world I would have done going through that. So, so Paul now, he, he, he didn't even want to become a Christian. He becomes a Christian. And now he's lied on. He's betrayed. He's beaten. He's in prison. He goes through all of this hell for Jesus he didn't originally even want to serve. But touch your neighbor and say he was on his way somewhere. He was on. You need to understand that great places have great prices. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. Great places have great prices. Please understand, you don't get to stay at a five-star hotel for $69 a night. That ain't how it works. If you want to have the best, you're going to have to pay the price to have the best. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? And that's why you're in this place and you're listening to this word and God's called you to be the best. He's called you to have the best. He's called you to be a person of excellence. So that's why you've had to pay the price you've had to pay. You've had to pay that price because you're not average. You've had to pay that price because you're not like everyone. Everybody else. Somebody say, I'm paying the price. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. He goes through all that. Hear me, y'all. Don't think that serving Jesus won't have difficult days. I wish I could tell you the antithesis. I wish I could tell you that when you serve Jesus, every day is going to be super duper easy. The reality is, is I could say it, but it just wouldn't be true. And I don't believe I should lie from the pulpit. So, I mean, <laughs> no, watch this. If you're not going through something, you must not be going anywhere. I'm going to say it again. I just dropped the bomb on you, baby. I just dropped the bomb on you. I said, if you're not going through something, you must not be going anywhere. See, y'all don't know when to shout at harvest. That's okay. I'm going to educate you. So if you got some stuff that's going that's not quite the way that you wish it was in your life right now. I'm going to tell you, if you're going through something, that must be because you're going to somewhere. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Stop complaining about it. You just got a new scenery. God, I wish I had a church here. You just got new scenery because you're not doing the same old thing that you used to do in life. You're headed to a new place. And to be go to a new place, the scenery is not going to look the same as the old place. So stop. 
God, I'm going to preach my own self happy. The reason it feels different now is because you've never been where it is that you're going. And so if it feels like it felt before, that means you're going in circles. But baby, if you're like, this is strange. This is different. This is different. That means you're going somewhere new. High five somebody say, I'm going somewhere. Go. Watch this now. Watch this now. To add insult to injury, the same Jews not only lied on him, but they now plotted to kill him. The spirit of the assassin was coming against Paul because if they couldn't take his life literally, it attempted to take his influence through lies. Preach, Bishop. Uh, please understand, please understand. Sometimes uh, there is the spirit of the assassin that gets released. And sometimes if it can't take your life literally, it attempts to take your influence through lies so that you feel like you're dead. Oh, God, ain't nobody going to say nothing in here. Be because watch this. What, anybody ever been lying on in here? And, and have you ever, have you ever, do you remember the feeling that you had when you discovered that what was shared was an accurate? Now, I'm not talking about you, 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 you never, you know, I'm, you know, because some people always accuse, you say, a poke always lying on this kind of stuff. And it's really not that they just don't be remembering what they be doing. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about something that's just like, where in the, <clears throat> did you pull that from? Anybody ever had that? Now, 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 here's what you understand. They knew they couldn't kill Paul literally because they had tried and it never worked. You want to look back over your life. It's a lot of times that they tried to kill you literally. It's a lot of stuff that tried to kill you literally, but it did not work. And what does that mean if it didn't work? It didn't work because it wasn't strong enough. It didn't work because you got strength in you. You didn't know that you had. And since that didn't work, you ought to half-five somebody and shout, it didn't work, it didn't work. No, it didn't work. That car accident wasn't strong enough to kill me. That cancer wasn't strong enough to kill you. That disease wasn't strong enough to kill you because you weren't built to break. Watch this now. So it couldn't kill him naturally. So it att they attempted to take his influence through lies. So he's held as a prisoner for two years for preaching the gospel of Jesus to Christ. He's held as a prisoner for two years until a new governor reopens his case. Stick with me. When the governor suggests that he be sent back to Jerusalem for further trial, Paul appeals his case unto Caesar. Because not only was he a Hebrew, but he was also a Roman citizen. Which meant that he had the ability now to appeal his case to the Caesar, the emperor. Are you still here? So now watch this. He is eventually sent uh, to the ruler of the Jews, King Agrippa. So now you understand where we started in Acts 26, 1 and 2. He, he appeals this case to Caesar. They send him to the ruler of the Jews. Now, for those of you who may be getting confused, like, well, wait a minute. How's a Caesar and how you have a king if you have a Caesar? What's the difference between the king and the emperor? Well, understand that the Roman, the Greco-Roman empire that was in existence was an empire that they understood that to enslave the people rather than displacing the Hebrews and moving them to another land, they sent governors and rulers to go colonize them so that, watch this, Jerusalem ended up looking like Rome. They said it's going to be much more advantageous for us to run them from Rome rather than to move them to Rome. 
Can, can I parenthetically insert here? See, that's why Jesus, watch this, before you were formed in your mother's womb, the Bible says God knew you. Why did he send you here? He sent you to earth to be born at such a time as this so you could come here to not move the people from here over there. But so that you can colonize the people here to the way it is up there. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. So, so while I'm in the world, I'm not of the world. I'm sent here to change. So I wish I had it. I wish I had a church full of folk that understood that. So he's a Roman citizen, yet he's a Hebrew. So he goes to the ruler of the Jews because there was a, there was dual, uh, if you will, there was dual governments that were in operation. So stay here with me. So, so, so what's the first point I gave you? Getting to may require going through. But here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing. This is your journey uh, called life. It's your journey called life. Because you're going to have multiple times you're going to have to think yourself happy. It's not just going to be one day. And, and don't sometimes, just when you feel like, whoo, I can take a breath and relax. God, can I teach you a secret about life? The moment you think, whoo, I can relax, that's the time to pray harder. That's the time to fast. That's the time to give more than you've ever given. Watch this. Because every enemy knows, wait to get them until they don't think I'm coming. So if you want to know when you should really beef up your strength, is you should always beef up your strength when you feel like you don't need to be strong. Oh, God, I'm going to help somebody in here tonight. That's when you beef up your strength is when you feel like you don't need it anymore. Y'all still here? So second thing, real simple, it's the title of the message. Think yourself happy. Think yourself happy. Now, watch this, you know, I just gave you over a dozen chapters and several decades of biblical history in less than 15 minutes. Shout glory. Now we're to our text in Acts 26 where Paul is in front of King Agrippa, and Paul reveals his secret to how he survived everything he went through. Why do some people go through hell and look like it? Come on, let's just be honest. I, I know love God, love people, love life. But, you know, there's some folk, they go through hell and you're like, you do, do. I can tell. And sometimes it's not a physical demonstration where you can see they've been through hell. Sometimes all you got to do is talk to them for five minutes and you can say you still got that residue of hell on you. Because you're talking. Somebody say, how your day going? Well, you know, my mama did this. But what, what? So you still talk like the hell you've been through. Okay. <laughs> All right. Will somebody tweet me to tell me that you're getting what I'm saying? Are you still here? Why do some people look like what they've been through? And why do others, when you look at them, you think they had a perfect life until it's testimony night? Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Have you ever looked at somebody and truth be told, you got a little angry with them because you thought, God, they ain't never had to be nothing and never had to go through nothing. But the truth is, the moment you talk to them, you were like, my God, they've been through hell and high water. How do they look better than what they've been through? How do they still love people after people have treated them like? How? How in the heaven do they not act like what they've been through? does he preach love God love people love life after people have treated him like Paul said 
I think myself happy. <laughs> y'all, 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 y'all ain't getting it. Paul tells his secret. Now, he's been through all that. He's been betrayed, lied on, beaten, in prison, lied, all, all this. Everything you could imagine had been bad. They, 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 they almost killed him a few times. <laughs> he was like, he was playing. Like, he was waiting on them to leave. So he's like. And Paul says, Paul says, King Agrippa, he says, I'm so, I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> he says, I think myself happy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can think yourself into a lot of moods. You've been having a good day and thought yourself into a bad mood. You ever got some good news but thought yourself out of the good news because you, but I don't know. I don't want to get my expectations too high, so let me just. It's a lot of moods we can think ourselves into. It's a lot of feelings we can think ourselves into, which tells me this. Paul says, I think, which means think here. Watch this. It's a verb. It is not a noun declaring something that it's done. It is a verb intimating something he's currently doing. Which means Paul says, I had a choice of what to think. And since I had a choice in what to think, I chose to think myself happy. I could have thought, woe is me, but I didn't like that choice. I could have thought nothing ever works out for me, but I didn't like that choice. I could have thought, why'd they do me like that? But I didn't like that choice. Paul said, so I choose to think myself. I wonder how he did it, y'all. I wonder how he did it because, because I'm sure as he was still going through the motions, I'm sure... As he was going through his day, I'm sure all of a sudden, all of a sudden, when they started throwing those rocks, I'm sure he started thinking about him. I mean, he's standing in front of the king, and I'm sure at some point he started thinking, well, but wait a minute, remember when they hit me with the rock, and, and remember when they said I did this, and remember this, and remember this, and remember this, and remember that, and remember this, and remember that. But Paul says, king, a lot of things I could say to you about these people of yours. He says, but I'll tell you what, since I get to choose what I think, and I get to choose how I feel. I choose to think myself happy. Y'all don't understand it. I wonder how he did it. Did, did he just, did he just, um, hallelujah, Lord Jesus, I thank you that I'm happy. Did Pharrell write him a song? I would have been in Hebrew or something, you know. Shalom, da, you know, something like this. <laughs> Paul said, I think myself happy. I think myself happy. No, you're missing it. Paul said, Paul said, I choose to not deny that's there. See, because some of you, the issue you have is that you feel like, well, if I don't, if I don't do this, I'm not denying that that feeling of, of, of negativity is there. I'm not denying that the victim feeling is there. I, I'm not denying that whatever it is is there. What I am saying is that since I can choose. See, if I didn't have a choice, that'd be one thing. But since I got a choice, I think myself happy. And you know how you do that? You just start thinking about everything that the Lord has 
Just start saying, well, I didn't think I was going to make it through that, but I did. I'm happy. <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get through that, but I did, and I'm happy. I didn't think that I was ever going to make it past that situation, but I did, so I'm happy. I thought I'd still be mourning over this and over that, but I'm happy. I Is anybody in this place that will shout and say, I think myself happy? I I think myself happy. I'm not denying that's there. I just choose to think myself happy. And, and if you came up, if you came up in, in, in old school church, they say that uh, they say the ladies would get happy. <laughs> yeah, anybody grew up in old school church? Okay. And they said they get happy. You know that meant that meant that meant they started they started they started going. Come on, get my feet. So they get my feet. And they started moving their feet. You got it. And they just started going. And then they start going back. And then they start going forward. <laughs> Like it was a Tina Turner dance move or something, you know what I mean? And they had that. And then listen, if, if she, if, if the lady got, and a more old man too, if they got real out of control, you know they get to, they get to, they get to circle around. Y'all ain't gonna do me like. They get to circle around them, and then, and then when the circle came, who was getting happy just went crazy because they stopped. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. And then all the young guys in the church would be looking like, what is she doing? What? But what they didn't understand was that she'd been through hell. And so in that moment, she said, I could be thinking about my hell, but I'm not. I'm going to think. I'm going to think myself. Watch this now. Watch this now. It was the Roman custom that if you accuse someone of something, you had to stand in front of them and accuse them. I mean, the Jews stood in front of him. They had nothing legitimate to say. So they honored Paul's appeal because they're in front of King Agrippa. The Jews didn't have anything to say. I'm just giving you the history of what happened. Uh, along with other prisoners and on their way to Rome because he's King Agrippa. Paul's like, listen, I, I want to appeal. I want to go to see these Jews don't have nothing to say. Paul said, I want to go to Rome because I'm a Roman citizen. And I know that, watch this, that what I have to do is insufficient to just do in Jerusalem. It, it has to be done from Rome. Stay with me. Touching him. Say, stay with him. Now watch this. He's on his way to Rome to take his case before the Caesar. And as he gets on the boat, he says to the other men that are there, some of them other prisoners, he says to them, men, I perceive that this trip is going to be bad. <laughs> he said, we're going to lose some cargo. And he said, some folk going to die. Could you imagine getting on the boat to go to Rome? And here's this guy be like, fellas, I perceive this trip's going to be bad. You ever had somebody try to be the voice of reason? You're like, shut up. Don't nobody want to hear that. Reason to yourself in your car. Paul was that guy that day. Paul was talking, and I'm sure it was some brother in there that was like, if this... Let him say. Paul's like, I perceive this trip is going to be bad. And I perceive, Paul says, <laughs> that some men going to die. <laughs> and I perceive we're going to lose some cargo. Selah. <laughs> Selah just means essentially God said it, I believe it. It's an agreement similar to amen. Now, now watch this. 
Now, here's the third thing I want to give you as you're going through your, your journey of life to think yourself happy. Say, we are, we are. Harvest. harvest. Now, Bishop, why do you keep having to say that? Because as, as harvesters, there is a different approach we take to life. Because, because Bishop, what is harvested? We're kingdom people. But so what are kingdom kingdom people? Kingdom people are people who aren't trying to die to get over there. They realize they've been sent here to bring over there down here. So, so that means we don't have to respond to stuff the way regular folk respond to it. Because we're not regular. Are y'all still hear what I'm saying? No, 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 watch this, watch this, watch this. Paul gets on the boat and that's his message. And I'm sure everybody was just in a bad mood because of what Paul said. I hear Paul talking about, I think myself happy. <laughs> and now he's getting on the boat. Man, somebody's going to die. And we're going to lose some stuff too. Is that yours? Did you, did you? No, are you renting it or is it yours? Just... Y'all, y'all ain't going to say nothing? Now, is that yours? Who, no, okay. Whose name is that in? How your eight-year-old got power? How I'm joking, but that is a legitimate question. Okay, here it is. Number three. Number three. What was number one? May require going through. That's number two. Think yourself happy. Here's number three. Beat your bite. <clears throat> beat your bite. Beat your bite. Now, you said, Bishop, what do you mean beat your bite? Well, how do you get from a boat to a bite? I'm going to tell you. The ship hits a huge storm. And Paul says, I told y'all. Man, I told you, I perceive this voyage is not going to be good. But, but Paul, the boat hits a huge storm. Say a huge storm. But Paul says that an angel visits him saying this. He says, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. And indeed, God has granted you all those who sail with you. Therefore, take heart, men, for I believe that God, that it will be just as it was told to me. However, we must run aground on a certain island. You didn't get it. I'm going to read the verses again. Chapter 27, verse 24. It says this. Do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought. Matter of fact, y'all read it. One, two, ready, read. Okay, wait a minute, stop, stop. He said, Paul, quit tripping. Let me translate for those of you unsure what tripping means. Quit running over yourself. Sometimes what you call a storm ain't a storm, you just tripping. Sometimes it ain't even like what you think it is. Sometimes you're sitting up here making something way bigger than what it really is. Don't you dare send a laser after a bumblebee. It's too much for too little. God, I wish I had a church. It's too much for too little. Why are you sweating over that? The same God that made a way last year is the same God that will make one this year. The same God that got you through that is going to get you through this. But look at this verse, 24. God, I feel it here. He says, do not be afraid, Paul. You must be brought before Caesar. Okay, all right, all right, we, we didn't get it. He said, he, he said, Paul, we didn't go through everything we went through up here to revive you when they stoned you to death. 
to get you through all of what you've been through. We didn't go through all of that. Who, who's the we? The, the angels that God dispatched to, to, on Paul's behalf. He said, we didn't go through all of that, Paul, for you to die in the Mediterranean. I got an announcement for somebody in this message. God did not go through everything he's gone through to save you for you to die in the middle of this Mediterranean mess you might be in. Touch your neighbor and say, this ain't that bad. This ain't that. He didn't go through all of that for you to die. He says, you must be brought before Caesar. Yeah. You must make it to the place God has ordained for you. It may not look great today, but I got a word for somebody. You must. Your children must be saved. Your finances must be in order. The blessing of the Lord must make. Y'all wish I had a church in here. Somebody shout must. You must be brought before the Caesar and indeed God has granted you all those who sail with you now this is a good place to check your role people pick the wrong Wednesday to miss <laughs> touch your neighbor and say be careful the day you miss because uh, I'm going to release something tonight that's just for this house and just for those under the sound of my voice Look at what the scripture says. God has granted you all those who sail with you. I need you to just look at somebody next to you and say, I know you're making it through it. Because we must. God has granted us the victory together. We must make it. Shout if you believe it in the house. I said shout if you believe it in the house. <laughs> God has granted you everybody on your road. Watch this now. Watch this now. Look at verse 25. It says, therefore, take heart, men. Take heart. Take heart's this interesting phraseology because take heart means, we understand heart in Greek most often is the word cardia, which means in its simplest form, mind. So it's saying, take this to mind. In other words, he says, watch this. He's saying, let me let y'all in on my secret. Remember, Paul said, I think myself happy. Where does thought take place in the mind? Paul tells the men, take heart, uh, but heart means mind. So he was saying to them, I'm going to tell you my secret. Think yourself happy. Why? Because the announcement was just made to you that you must. The angel came and told Paul, so Paul's telling the men, and the answer is we must. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. He says, therefore, men, think yourself happy. For I believe God, that it will be just as it was told me. Now, this is the same man that could have argued with God and said, God, God, you let me down before. Because this is the same man that while he was out doing God's work, that God allowed him to be stoned. Y'all don't want to talk about it? This was the same man that while he was out doing God's work, the people were, some people were coming against him. So he had a legitimate reason of anybody to doubt. 
Because how do you reconcile being sent by God to do God's work, yet it looked like God dropped protection? I got six minutes. Will y'all help me preach the thing? Can we be honest for just a moment? Have you ever felt like in life where God, I don't want to say it, but the truth is I feel it, you let me down. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all are too sanctimonious to say that. You ever felt like that where, where, where the truth is you don't want to say it because you don't want to seem disrespectful or dishonorable to the Lord. But the truth is you're sitting up thinking to yourself, wait a minute, God, I fasted about that and I prayed about that and I did this for that and I asked for discernment and I still made the wrong. How? 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 How'd you, how'd you let me down? If anybody had a reason to doubt now in the middle of the storm was Paul. <laughs> Are you still here? But Paul says, look at verse 25. Therefore, men, think yourself happy. Take heart. Because I believe it will be just as it was told to me. Life has given me a lot of mixed messages that tell me it might not be. But in this moment right here, do I got any right here in people and right now moment people? Life may have sent me some mixed messages, but right here and right now, I believe that it will be just as it was told me. Paul, Paul, said, Paul said, I believe it's going to be just... As it was told me, Paul said, I'll put my doubts on a schedule and visit them after I get to victory. <laughs> Sometimes you got to tell doubt, listen, I'm out for a while. Uh, either you leave or I leave. One or two doubt, somebody got to go. And we'll talk after I get to victory. I've had somebody and say, tell your doubt to go. Uh -huh. And I know it's easy to keep your doubt because you feel justified in keeping your doubt on the cool because life has sent you some messages that suggest, well, what if God doesn't? But you just got a word tonight. Some of you say, Lord, I need to hear from you. Lord, speak to me. Well, I got good news for you. Your bishop doesn't have the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost. And I got a word for you. It will be just as God has told you. Somebody shout. Watch this. I got to move. Look at verse 26 because this is, this is, this is going to help you. Verse 26. However, we must. Wait a minute now. Wait a minute now. Now we got two musses. I know I'm being funny when I say that, okay? I, I'm, you don't have to worry. I'm. Your bishop is learned. <laughs> I'm joking again, okay? We have two of the same word repeating within three verses. Interesting. Two is the biblical number of witness, which means, can I get a witness? <laughs> In other words, it is established because God wouldn't go through the trouble of saying it twice unless he really wanted you to understand he meant it. So the angel tells him, you must make it to Caesar. Paul tells the men, however, we must run aground on a certain island. See, tonight I came to announce somebody, you better get your must. 
You better get your must tonight. Somebody watching online, you better get your must. Matter of fact, if you got it, tweet me. If you're on the chat, chat with me. You better get your must tonight because there's some stuff you need to stop having options for. It's some stuff you just need to say, it must work. It must happen. You know why? You know why? Let me tell you about, let me tell you, let me tell you about your neighbor. Let me tell you about your neighbor. You, you know what we often do? We create plan B's. Calling it wisdom. But what it really is, is it's your excuse to not make a work. It's quiet in here. You'd be shocked at what you could do if you took away the options you created. See, let me talk to some single mothers in here. Where, where, where you thought, I don't know how I'm going to do it. But you know what? You didn't have no other option but to do it. So you know what you figured out? You figured out how to do it. Because option B wasn't an option. You figured out how to love. You figured out how to do what your mama didn't do for you. You figured it out. Uh, single fathers too. You figured it out. You figured it out. When you realize, the scripture says, man don't work, he don't eat. So you figure out, I got to do something to eat. You figured out how to do something. You selling sweet potato pies at the barbershop or rib sandwiches or something. How about your neighbor say, you figured it out. When you get your must, you'll figure it out. Can I preach a little bit? We're coming up on eight years in just a few days. Can I tell you something? The Lord giving me the directive to plant a church from scratch with nothing in a city where they say you can't do it. Oh, God. He's, they said you can't do it here and be an African-American man and lead a multicultural church. They said you couldn't do it in the church planter's graveyard. They said you wouldn't grow to get that big in the church planter's graveyard. But you know what I had? I had a must. I had a must that said I don't have no options except to find a way to make it work. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. All right. Okay. That's too much for y'all? I can stop now. That's okay. All my vitamins and use all their juice for the day. So when the offering was $70, and it was $200 to rent the building we were having church in, And you get that call from the people that count the money. And you want to call them back and say, go back in there and count something, do something, write some checks, fake some checks, go steal something, do something, do something. But that ain't no enough. You know what you get when you get that call? You either go into depression or you go into must. I believe I got a church full of folk that have a where y'all at? I just need to know where y'all at because if I ain't got you here, I'll wait and preach the rest of this on the weekend. But when you've got a must, you find a way to make it happen. If you really wanted it, you'd find a way. Two truths about people. Two things true about people. I got to move on. 
Two things true about people. You ready for this? Okay, you ready? No takers. I'm going to get you real slow. There's two, tr- two things that are true about people. Y'all ready? First thing, people do what they want. Second thing is real similar. Okay, y'all, y'all ready for it? Okay, you ready? I'm going to give you some Hebrew and Greek words. You ready? Second thing, true about people. They do what they want. You know why people don't make it happen? Because they didn't want to. All right, I'll leave it alone because y'all, y'all didn't like that. Y'all didn't like that. It's just the two truths about people. And when you understand that, then you say, okay, well, I understand now. I understand why that friend did what they did. Because there's two truths about them. They do what they want. They do what they want. Now you understand why that family member did what they did. They did what they wanted to. That's not being negative. It's just telling the truth. You want to know something? Can I tell you something? This is, this, is probably, this, is probably, this is probably too much for, for general messages like this that will be distributed like this. But let me tell you something. When, when the Lord told, told me to plant the church, but since we're in anniversary, Mom, uh, since, since when he told me to plant the church, I, I didn't have no intention of doing it. Those of you that have been here any amount of time, you know the story. I, I, that was the last thing I wanted to do. In fact, when people were getting kind of like, yeah, he's going to take my people, I'm like, I don't even want your people. I don't want no people's. <laughs> I, don't want, I, don't want to, I don't want to do this. I, I know what being in the first seat means. I, I know what that means. And I, and, and, and I know the front side. Everybody like the front side of church. But there's a whole other side called the back side. And the front side is the nice, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I'm blessed, highly favored. The back side is the real them. So because I knew that, I was like, oh. Now, Bishop, why are you telling us this? So, but, but I had a must because the Lord, the Lord created a whole bunch of sin. One day I'll, I'll put it in a book. I put in a book. When we get, get 20,000 people or something like this here, I'll put in a book. The book going to be called 20K. <laughs> and you can sit up and hate if you want to, or you can get on the bus and come on with me because we're going up. What did the bishop tell us this weekend? We're going up. I know what I'm called to do. <laughs> there's, there's no misunderstanding about what I'm here to do. I was sent for one reason and one reason only, and that is to take over. Uh, that's, that's for one reason have I been sent. But, 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 Bishop, why are you telling us all this? I'm not being pretentious. I'm just trying to tell you something. You, uh, so, I, I was doing what the Lord told me to do and doing what the Lord told me to do. And here's what happened, y'all. I, I got, I was driving down the street one day and I got, and fear came over me. And I was like, Lord, ooh, Lord, Jesus. Lord, Jesus. <laughs> Lord, Jesus, a fire. Lord, Jesus. <laughs> I, and you know what the fear came over me for? The fear came over me because I said, oh, my God, I'm planting this church. Oh, my God, what am I going to preach every week? That was my fear. My fear was I ain't going to have nothing to say every week. And people ain't going to come hear me say nothing because I ain't going to have nothing to say. Because how many times, because, you know, I had been in some different environments and different things where you just kind of remix what you'd already said and that kind of thing. And everybody kind of kind of knew what was coming next. And so that kind of thing. I was just like, well, you know, I, you know, I want to be different. You know, I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to say? So I'm sitting here. Everything going. Church is just going. I mean, you know, everything's getting ready to go. You know, we doing what we're doing. And all of a sudden, I'm driving down the street like, oh, my God, I got to preach. Imagine starting a church and you forgot you were going to have to preach. Okay, this is too much for y'all. I apologize. I have always had great faith. I have always never operated in fear. Amen. I've always taken the high road. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. But the real deal, (laughs) 
And it came over me. I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Bitch, why are you telling us that? Because I had to get a must. And every now and then I go back and I look at some of my original. It wasn't like I was my, 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 my you know, first message or anything. I'd been in ministry for some time before I planted the church and the associate pastor, all these things. I'd done all that. So, so it, was, it was no, it was no that, that wasn't the issue. The issue was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to do that every week. That's different than filling in. And I'm going to do that every week. And then I was like, I'm going to have to do that every Wednesday too. You know, y'all understand what I'm saying? But, but here's what came up in me. A must. I don't know, I'm helping somebody that's watching online. I'm helping somebody that's watching at Roku. What's got to come up in you is a must. Okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Here it is. I got to move. Okay, uh, 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 Acts 28, Acts 28, uh, in verse 1. So, y'all with me? Angel tells Paul, Paul, you must make it to Caesar. Paul tells the man, we must run aground on a certain island. But the Lord's going to say, everybody with me. Just look at your road. Just look them up and down and just say, all of us is making it. Mm-hmm. If you're watching online and and, 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 and and ain't nobody there, look back at the screen and say, all oh, us. <laughs> yeah, we making it. Show here. Now watch this. Now watch this. Show here. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Now watch this. Watch this, y'all. So now we're in Acts 28. You got it? Now, when they had escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta. So the ship crashes and they have to hold on to broken pieces of this ship. And they make it on broken pieces. If, if I had a little faith in here, you're looking at your life saying, God, my boat is gone. But God is saying, you didn't need the boat. You just needed the broken pieces. Listen, what are the broken pieces? The broken pieces are the only parts you got left of hope and faith. It's the only part you got that, you know what, life has beat me down. I'm talking to somebody, but you can look at your broken pieces and say, but something in me won't let me stop him. Something in me won't let me throw in the towel. I'm making it. I may have to make it on broken pieces. I'm, I'm getting up every day, and I may have to do it on broken pieces, but my broken pieces are enough. So they make it to the island, Acts 28, verse 1. Now, when they escaped, they found out that the island was called Malta. Verse 3. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. Remember, the point was what? Beat your bite. Here it is. Number 4, or verse 4. So when the natives saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, whom though he escaped to see, justice does not allow him to live. Here's the problem. They didn't know Paul. The folk eulogizing you don't know what you already beat just to get to this point in life. And sometimes it's you eulogizing yourself. I just don't know I'm going to make it. What do you mean you don't know how? The same way you've been making it 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. The same way you've been making it all that time. Paul, a viper attaches itself to his hand because the heat draws the serpent. 
draws the viper. Now, it's interesting. The word uses the, the term viper, which is very, very peculiar because it means it's a snake. But when we see the first snake appear in Scripture in the garden, it is not a snake. It is the word serpent. Now, many people took that to mean snake, but serpent in Hebrew means deceiver. So a deceiver appeared in Genesis. So now, therefore, the law of first mention. So the viper. Fixes itself to Paul's hand. Why his hand? Can I teach y'all like your Bible college? Why his hand? Because his hand represented his work. His hands represented his progress. So a viper attached itself to his progress. All right, all right, y'all don't want that, y'all don't want that, okay. So, so the native said, so the native said, well, well, he thought he got away from the sea, but Justice is not going to live. Look at verse 5. But he shook off the creature into the fire. And look at this next part. And did what? How much harm did he suffer? None. Oh, wait a minute. The viper bit him. Now, this is the Mediterranean region, so we could speculate on what kind of viper it was, what kind of snake it was. We could speculate. But the reality is, is that we know that all snakes have teeth. Those teeth are called fangs. Fangs are like, come on, my medical people, they're like surgical needles. They are used more, most often to inject poison. had a choice to allow the poison to get in him of his bite or Paul could have done what he did but I'm glad that he did which is say I ain't got time for this poison he shook it off in the fire and the book says he suffered no harm look at verse 6 however they were expecting that he would swell up or suddenly fall down dead but after they looked at him from a long time. You need to start judging, judging a win, not in the short term, but in the long term. Stop judging a win by days and stop judging whether or not you're winning by weeks. Start judging whether or not you're winning over time. See, it may not be everything that you imagine it would be now, but what you got to do is judge the win over time, which means, watch this, basketball fans, you may lose some games throughout the season. Watch it now. You may even lose some games in the playoffs. But you can't judge whether or not you lost a few games in the playoffs to whether or not you're going to win the championship. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. Stop judging whether or not you're winning by the short term and start judging it by the long term. They looked at him for a long time and saw no harm came to him. Then they changed their mind and then they said, he's a god. Okay, can, can I give it to you guys? I got to get to point four. I got to get to the fourth point. Y'all want the fourth point? Okay, I, I got to move, but let me get you to the third, then I'm going to get you to the fourth, and then I'm going to shout you out. Here it is. <laughs> but, Bishop, why we shout so much? We shout so much because shouting, uh, you got to be here this weekend. I'm going to teach you something about shouting. Uh, shouting, it not only disrupts, watch this, uh, the, the norm. Shouting disrupts whatever is the blockage in the atmosphere. So, 
Whenever the children of Israel were getting ready to do something great, God would often tell them, shout. Why? Because their shout, watch this. Can I teach you real quick like your Bible college? The Bible says that our words are spirit. Our words are spirit. So what is a shout? A shout is a loud word. Whether it's O or I or E or he or heebie-jeebie, whatever it is, it's a long word. Now, Bishop, what are you trying to say? When I shout, I am releasing a spirit into the atmosphere that goes in front of me because my words are spirit. That's why I shout so much because my shouting is releasing the spirit to go in front of me. And there's some stuff that ain't going to be hard because my shout has paved the way. Now, will you shout about that? Shout goes into the doctor's office and rewrites the report. Shouting goes into the credit bureau and rewrites the score. Shouting goes to the bank and changes a no into a yes. Shouting goes into that broken child's life and turns it around. Shouting. But I'll teach about that this weekend. And some other stuff too. But watch this. Paul looks at the viper on his hand and he makes a juxtaposition. That is a comparison. Paul looks at the viper and he says, compared to everything I've been through, are you serious? Paul said, my hankies heal people. And you think this? This? The bite was painful, hear me, but he didn't let it become poisonous because pain, watch this, wasn't his choice, but the poison was. There's stuff you're going to go through that's painful and you have no say in the matter. Because you care for somebody, because you love somebody, because you prayed for somebody. There's some stuff, and this is, can, can we take me to the bottom? There's some stuff that's going to be painful. Pain isn't often our choice, but the poison is. What's the poison? Starts with a B. Bitterness. It may be painful, but I don't have to take the poison. Touch your neighbor and say, you don't have to drink the poison. Favor doesn't always remove an enemy. Sometimes it gives you the strength to beat it. Somebody shout, I'm favored. Okay, well, here's what you need to know. Sometimes that means when you're facing an enemy, God says, okay, I may not take it, but you're strong enough to beat it. Won't you ask David about it? <laughs> God did not Goliath down. David said, you're going to have to get up there and you're going to have to deal with him. But I promise you, once you get out there with him, why did he have five stones? Can I teach y'all like I want to teach the church? Why did he have five smooth stones? Because five is the number of grace. It's the number of favor. It is the number of the anointing where God adds his super to your natural. God says, David, you got a natural rock, but I'm going to put five on it. I wish I had a church in here that knew something. God says, I got five on it. High five your neighbors. Say, God's got five on it. Five, five on it, baby. Five on it. So now, I got to move because I'm way over time. Beating one bite. Paul beat one bite, gave him favor with the whole island. Somebody say he put five on it. God, that's going to preach real good. Somebody, somebody somewhere, somebody that's driving down the street that wasn't even expecting to come to church is going to get this CD because you're going to buy it and give it to them. And they're going to be like, listen, be like, what the bishop say? Five. 
calling the name of Jesus. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? Somebody's going to be saved because of this CD tonight that you're going to... Shout, he put five on it. He put... So watch this, verse 7. Paul beat how many bites? One. What did he give him? Favor with the whole island. Scripture says, in that region, there was the estate of the leading citizen of the island. What does that mean, y'all? That's Bible talk for a rich man. A wealthy man. A powerful man. You don't need everybody to like you. You just need the one that signs the checks to like you. You don't need the whole island to like you. You just need the one that's got the do-re-me to like you. You just need the one that controls the flow of favor to like you. In that region, there was the estate, an estate. You understand what that means? An estate. I ain't talking about, you know, two books and some high school year books. And, and, and no. An estate. God, if I had time. An estate of the leading citizen of the island, whose name was Publius. You want to know what Publius means? I'll tell you one day. Who received us, I don't have time, and entertained us courteously for three days. Now, look at me, y'all. Look at me. Look at me. It, it, we don't have time to go through the rest of the story. Here's what basically happens. Paul gets favor with the guy that signs the checks on the island. He gets favor with the boss. <laughs> he gets favor with Publius. And when he gets favor with Publius, what happens is, Publius's father gets into some illness. Paul heals his father. All of a sudden, everybody in the island starts coming to Paul. And the scripture says they remain there for an entire three months. I've taught you this before. Three months is a season. So Paul beating one bite gave him a season of favor. Let me tell you why you must beat whatever has recently bitten you. You must beat it because there's more than just one victory in that beating it. There's a whole season of favor that awaits you when you beat the one bite. Have five somebody say, beat this bite. All right, point number four, and this is where we shout out. Say, my bite is a shortcut. Now, the entire, the entire message tonight is teaching us how it is that we are able to think ourselves happy. So watch this. The point number four is your bite is a shortcut. I like shortcuts. Now, I'm not talking about shortcuts to, to, to be lackluster in quality. I'm talking about shortcuts to get the same level of quality at a reduced amount of time. Listen, if you can slim slow or slim fast, but at the end of the day, you're still getting slim. Well, who wants the slim fast? I can't think of nobody. I'd like to lose three ounces a day. And somebody offers you three pounds a day. I mean, come on, just to be real. I'm just using that to an example so that we get it. If somebody says, listen, you can make 50 cents a day. Praise God. Praise God. Thank God for it. But if somebody says, you can make $500 a day. Oh, okay. Now, what's that? What, how you do that? Now, well, who is that? Now, where, where I sign up? Hallelujah. It's my season of favor. Hallelujah. I beat the bike. Amen. Publius, Publius. <laughs> You're still here. So watch this. Bishop, how is beating my bite a shortcut? Paul thought himself happy. He tells the men to think I'm happy. They get on the island. They have a whole season of favor. And watch this. Paul gets a shortcut. What's the shortcut, Bishop? What's the shortcut? Where was Paul headed, y'all? Rome. Can I walk this out? Now, they tell me I got five minutes. So if y'all will help me, I can finish this because I ain't doing no second CD. 
Psalm 110, verse number one. Now, I want y'all to say it to me. Psalm 110, verse number one. They're going to put it up on the screen, and, 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 and I want you to say it. Okay, they're going to put it on the screen. They're going to put it on the screen. Boom. Whoop, there it is. Ready? You say it. show but this might cost too much I ain't gonna drop no mic but now watch this watch this watch this watch this high five your neighbor say neighbor over the next three minutes there's a release about to take place in your life <laughs> watch the bible the inference is that an enemy is a footstool. The bite comes from an enemy. So if the enemy is a footstool, the bite must be also. Some of y'all ain't got it yet. A footstool is a shortcut. Bring me this chair here. A footstool, bring me this chair here. A footstool is a shortcut to a higher place you can't reach under normal circumstances. Okay, all right, stay with me, cameraman. Normally, put it, put it, put it right here, right here. Uh-huh, there it is. Oh, there we go. There we go, right there. Okay, good, good, good. Okay, got to get the light good, okay. Touch your neighbor, say, the bite. It may have been painful, but it's a shortcut. Look, look, look. Now, now, camera, go back, go back a little bit and go a little higher. We're going to do a shot that we really ain't supposed to get. Okay, I don't know. Can we even get up there? Okay. So, for, if you're watching online, you can see though, there's some speakers right there. Y'all see how I can't touch that normally? I'm getting happy. Where my, where my circle at? Where my circle at? I can't reach. I can't reach that normally. On my own. I'm... I'm I'm 5'10", and by the grace of God, in Jesus' name. The Lord adds to you, you understand? I can't reach that. Show him. I can't touch it. Show him. I can't touch that. But when you beat your bite, your enemy becomes your footstool. And what you couldn't reach last year, you're about to reach it this year. Somebody ought to shout, I beat my bite, and it's a shortcut. Oh, God, I wish I had a church in here. I wish I had a church in here. I couldn't reach it on my own, but since the enemy thought he could win, God says, I'll make it a shortcut. That's a good place to shout in case you didn't know. Now, 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 now watch this, watch this, <laughs> you ought to send some people a thank you text, and they're going to say, what you thanking me for, thank you for biting, I couldn't reach it in 13, I couldn't reach it in 13, but I got my shortcut. I got it now. <laughs> I said I got it now. Oh, 
Can, can, can I tell you more? Put up that verse. That verse. One ten one. There it is. Put it up. Read it. Now let's define an enemy. A person, a place, a thing, or an idea. Anything that opposes your forward progress is an enemy. So the book said, <laughs> so yet hey wafe, Lord is capitalized there. Said to my Lord, if I had time to teach you, oh God, we could, woo, we could, I could, uh, the hermeneutics of this is beautiful. It is a tapestry like none other. Sit down. Relax. What I'm doing while I'm sitting down, thinking myself. Bring, bring me the chair. Bring me the chair. So here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. Thank you. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. Here's what you got to do. And somebody going to say, why are you so calm, cool, and collected? I'm thinking myself. Well, why are you happy? Because watch the middle of the verse. Watch the middle of the verse. Put it up. Till I make your enemies your footstool. So why are they building up the... You ain't mad about this? Nope. You ain't crying over that? Nope. Why? I'm thinking myself happy because I'm taking a seat while the Lord makes those suckers. Shout right now. Watch this. Watch this. I, I, I got to finish it, but, 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 but listen. Remember how Paul was the one that appealed his case to Caesar? In fact, the Bible says he would have been released had he not appealed his case. But he wanted to get to Rome to preach the gospel to the center of the empire because Paul was called to reach the Gentiles, the unchurched, the dechurched. And the best place to do that was from Rome. And Rome was essentially the distribution center for the empire. So if you infiltrated Rome, you infiltrated the empire. So in essence, watch this, hear me, y'all. An enemy you defeat is a wormhole. Yes, sir. Now, I ain't talking about no worm down here. You playing with him in your backyard. A wormhole. Y'all tell me how much time I got. I am not doing a second CD. Amen. I got five on it. <laughs> they have to tell me. They have to not be honest with me about how much time I got. Because No, I'm just joking. I'm just, I'm being joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. They do a good job. I'm just I got five. I'll fold now because I just use all that time joking. So here it is. <laughs> Say, Bishop. Bishop. What, is what is a wormhole? A wormhole. In space. A wormhole is a shortcut in time and space. It's a shortcut. Somebody say a shortcut. 
You can drive to our Garland campus in about 10 hours. Not a bad drive. A little less. If Bishop's driving, four and a half. I'm, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't tell us anything about me. I'm joking. That's a joke. You can drive there about 10 hours. I'm, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. No, no, I ain't driving that long. That's too long to be driving, sitting in the car. That's too long. Okay. You can get there about 10 hours on, on, on a car. But if I hop on the aeroplane, the aeroplane will get me there in not 10 hours, in a little over an hour. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? What a wormhole does is remove the spans in between there and here. So watch this. I'm staying, watch this, in the same space and in the same time. But over there has moved over here. So it is if I moved all the way over there, but I didn't take the 10-hour drive. You're not getting it. Maybe I'm not teaching it right. In other words, God says, I've been using your enemies. I've been using the bites. And I've been using the pains to get you places faster than you would have normally gone. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying? What you've been praying for would have normally taken decades. But God says, I use that bite to get you there quicker because I don't have a decade to wait. What God wants out of you, he wants it now. He's been doing it for years. It would normally take years to do what an enemy can do for you in one bite that you beat. David beat Goliath, got the kingdom. Wormhole. Because while he was anointed to be king prior to that moment, please understand, just because it was proclaimed didn't mean that it was necessarily going to manifest. He could, have, he could have chosen a different route. You still here? Say a shortcut. Say it again, say a shortcut. Judas got Jesus to Calvary quicker then he would have made it in other circumstances. And he thought he was hurting Jesus. But Jesus said, you didn't even know. If I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. So Judas, you were a shortcut. You weren't, you, you weren't some blip on the plan. You were a shortcut. One snake. One viper gave Paul favor with a whole island. His enemies became his footstool. I can't reach it without a footstool. If I opt to have knee surgery to be taller, I still gonna have to heal. So that ain't going to quite work. You know what I'm saying? Don't judge me. <laughs> you hearing me? But God says, I'll make your enemy 
People, places, things, ideas, painful experiences. I'll make them your footstool. And you know why you need to get higher? I'm done. I promise I'm done. So if I go over the tape, uh, the CD, God bless you. We thank God for you. We love you. Give your life to Jesus. <laughs> the Lord wants you. Give him a yes. You, you know why you need to reach up here? Come on. You know why you need to reach up here? Because the quality of the fruit. The quality of the fruit up here is superior than the quality of the fruit down here. Anybody can get fruit down here. But you were created to get the fruit from up here. And that's why some people talk about you and you're wondering, why are they talking about me? Because they can see you in a way you don't see yourself. While they down here playing with the fruit, they're like, why they get to go up? Why they get? And why they get? And why they get? And why they get? And why they get? Baby, I'll tell you why I got it. I beat my bite. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. We make USAA insurance to help you save. Take advantage of discounts when you cover your home and your ride. Discover how we're helping members save at USAA.com bundle. USAA. Restrictions apply.